morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, Awaken Project Podcast family. Thank you so much for tuning in again to this episode of the Awaken Project Podcast. We are so thankful for your listenership. Today, oh man, I don't know if you all are ready for this one. Today we have the one, the only, we're just going to call him Hubie. That's the only name that he needs. Hubert. Hey man. Introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, my name is Hubert Ngavirano. Uh, I'm from Burundi, which is a really small country in Eastern Central Africa. I tell people it's by Cleveland, Ohio, before <laughs> when they don't know their geography, but usually they figure it out eventually. Uh-huh. So I am from there, came here in January 2015 for college to Minnesota. I went to Gestapo University College. I was political science major. A grad of 2018, I took a year to work at Treehouse, and I'm still there uh, serving teens. Our mission is to end hopelessness among teens. Then this past August, I began my master's in business administration with a management focus at the, univers- the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. There we go. And I should make sure that we're clarified on my end too. So I'm Stephen. If you're New to this show, my name is uh, Stephen. Eric, you can edit that part out. Um, I'm one of two co-hosts for the Awaken Project podcast, currently hosting this one solo today. Mr. Blake Wright, the other host for this podcast, is currently processing a move from Michigan or from Florida to Michigan. And so I'm doing a couple more interviews so that way he can focus on that move. But today's episode, we're going to be focusing on prayer. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, <laughs> if I could pick anyone in the entire world to talk about prayer for this episode, 10 out of 10 times, I'm picking Hubie. Oh, man. If you get anything else out of this episode, I hope that you hear a man that is just incredibly faith-filled and is desiring every single moment of his life to do exactly what God is asking him to do. Mm. And man, I'm so excited for the next 35, 40 minutes. It's going to be something else. So the three general concepts that we're going to be talking about today. First, he's going to tell us his story of how exactly he came to Gustavus Adolphus College, because that is one heck of a story. If you wanted to do an entire episode on that, we definitely could. But we'll give you the abridged version of that. Second, we're going to be talking about the imagery of prayer. And so thinking about a lot of people that we have had the opportunity to write, to read, to to see how they have prayed and what kind of imagery we use to really get to know the character of God. And then third, we're going to talk about what a fruitful prayer life looks like. And Hubert is going to provide us with some examples of how that has come to fruition in his life. So without further ado, I will hand it off to you and tell us your story of how exactly you came to the United States, to Gustavus, and specifically highlighting the sections of prayer that you, or the the moments of prayer that you had in that story. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Before I do, I want to say two quick things. Go for it, man. I love Steven so much. Oh, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> you, you're a man of integrity, I think. Mm. You're just a great listener. I think we met about three years ago at Mount uh, Carmel. More or less, yeah, yeah. And uh, just, I love your heart. You, you're really a good friend of mine. I mean, you've lived in Ohio for a while, now you're in Spain, but like, staying in touch over the years has been really something I, mm. I treasure. So I appreciate that. A man, man I look up to, and yeah, thank you. And to, Absolutely. Well, I'm honored to be here to be speaking on prayer. I'm just 24, still learning, still running, and uh, there's a lot to learn, but mm. I'm really honored to share 
uh, what I've learned in the, Absolutely. In the, in the yeah. past few years of Christ. Uh, how did I get here? Th- that's a question I get every time. You know, people are like, where are you from? I say, Burundi. After figuring out where that's on the map, the next question is, <laughs> how did you get here? Uh, it was December 2013. I had finished high school in August 2013, and I knew I wanted to go to the U.S. uh, for school. And uh, that was a really wild dream for me. I didn't know exactly how that was going to work out, but I trusted that God had a way. Then I got an email from my uncle who was in the U.S., and he told me about Gustavus. I looked up the school great institution, loved everything I saw on the website until I saw the cost. The cost was five zero 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 zero. I told mm. my dad, I think there was a mistake on the tuition. There's an extra zero that's not supposed <laughs> to be there. Uh, it was the exact amount. It was about 50000 and uh, in no way was I going to even try to apply. This was, I think, a different kind of wealth I was not used to. And I said, God, if you have something less than this, I'm in. If not, I won't even bother. Yeah. Uh, over the next few nights, I couldn't sleep with my decision. I felt an urge to apply. So I said, well, I'm going to apply. The, ro- the worst that can happen is they say no, and I move on. Applied in January, filled papers in February, March came... Not much was going on, but I reached out early April to see where things were at. At the end of April, April the 28th, I get an email saying, congratulations. Like I remember I was, I was sitting in my dad's office at work. <laughs> I'm opening my computer. I'm like, this can't be true. Like, this cannot be real. And I think in that moment, I, I was filled of gratitude to uh, to the Lord just how he was faithful mm. that nothing was really impossible to him I think between January and April I mean I was praying every day saying God you were the one I look up to I don't look to myself I have nothing but in you I have everything mm. and uh, now the decision was here got a great great acceptance letter with wonderful scholarship I'm like here we go then in May, June, July, I filled all the papers that every student feels. You're looking at choosing a roommate, choosing classes, health forms, all of that. And I just needed a visa to go. But before I got a visa, I needed an I-20 form from the school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the school wanted to verify if, we, if uh, I had enough finances to come. And all this time, I, I just was like, God, you're going to make this happen. You know, I I love the word of God. I mean, I I live on this daily. Uh, when Jesus says, "Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord," I think that's it. Mm. And uh, every day I would wake up. I would uh, a few passages I loved to read again and again were like Psalm twenty three one: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." Or Philippians one six. That's actually my favorite one, which says. The one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Or Philippians 4, 4, 19, which says, My God will will fulfill all your needs according to his riches 
in Christ Jesus. And I would just stay there. I'm like, God, I know that you are the one who satisfies me. You're the one who can make this happen. And uh, I look to you, oh Lord. August comes and uh, there was nothing. I remember saying, God, I know you work. You like to you like to wait until the last minute. Uh, I'm here. I'll wait for you. Yeah, like, you ready? You ready to go? Yeah, ready to go. Totally. I mean, I had a parking list. I had a list of people to say goodbye to. I was just ready. Tell me to go tomorrow. I'll call my people. I'll be on the way. And uh, the day came finally when I got an email saying, "We are sorry that you can't come." Uh, because up to this point, really, you know, I love my father. He he was doing everything he could, like everything in his power, and there was nothing. And I got an, an email saying that it was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. That like an email, an email from Gustavus. From the college, yeah, oh, okay. saying, yep. hey, it's time. Every student is here now. We don't see you. Uh, maybe in the spring or next year, it might work out. Mm. In that moment, I was uh, I was broken. I think one of the few moments I felt like the world was crumbling on me, like there was this wall between me and my future. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm like, God is not real. Mm. Like this was just the one moment I was like, God is not real because, but if he is, he likes everybody else. He doesn't like me. Mm. And, you know, all my sins, all the things that I was like, oh, I don't do this well. I'm not good at this. I'm not good. I'm not. God is pretty much taking his revenge on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just was really broken. And I I went to church that evening. I For like five years at home, I went to a Pentecostal church, you know, raising hands, dancing all the yeah. time, and just really crazy. And I remember sitting in the pew one night, the same night actually, I, I, I was told I couldn't go. You know, everyone was happy. Everyone was lifting hands and, you know, you're like, okay, that's everyone, everyone whose prayers have been answered, but not me. So I, I sat down. I said, God, today I'm not going to worship you. Mm. Uh, I'm on break. And, uh, <laughs> I need an explanation. Yeah. How how can this happen? Who were you when this happened? Were you aware they were going to say no? Like, did you run out of money? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think I I just was not going to pretend that my lifting of hands was genuine when it wasn't. And uh, I just was really sad. Then somehow I stood up, lifted my hands, and. Uh, I was like, God, I'm, I'm getting old. I am 19 years old. <laughs> Every classmate <laughs> of mine is in oh. school. <laughs> and there was just this shame on me. And I'm like, Lord, how, uh, this is too much. I can't take it. And uh, like, I remember hearing these words in my spirit. He said, you belong to me. My instant reaction was, what's that? I need money, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But I belong to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, those words sank again in me, and I think in that moment I knew he was in control. I didn't understand it. Like I had many questions. I didn't think he was really for me, but I said, God, what you've done 
or what happened and what you're telling me, they don't match up. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to choose to trust what I'm hearing. My dad came to pick me up. He said, hey, don't worry. I'll, I'll find you a school. Everything is going to be all right. I said, no, dad. I'm going to Gak. I, I remember his face was, this kid has no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eventually, over the following few months, I turned my phone off. I just was me, my Bible, a few books. And I was just praying, I'm like, God, what happened? And uh, over the next, I think the first few weeks, a question began to emerge, and the question was, am I still enough for you if what you want doesn't come to be? Mm. If all your dreams, if everything you need, if what you think I'm going to do in your life, if, if that doesn't come to pass, am I enough in your life? I remember my, 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 me going in to the book of John, chapter 6, you see, towards the end of the chapter, the, Jesus says really hard words to the people and they start leaving. They say, we can't. Like, you're too much for us. Mm. And uh, everyone has left. You have the faithful 12. They are there. Then he says, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to open the door for you. If you want to go, you can. Like, do you want to go? And, and I love Peter's words. Peter says, to whom else shall we go? Mm. For you alone have the words of life. And... Like, I remember reading those words. I said, God, (laughs) look, sure, I can drop this whole Christian thing. I'm like, this is just a human invention. I'm out. I'm going to go try other things. But nothing else satisfies. To whom else shall I go? Mm. I believe you have the words of life. And uh, you're my alpha and my omega. You're my beginning and end. I'm not leaving you. I'm staying. And I remember saying, God, if, if you don't, do this, like if I never go to school at Gustavus or anywhere really, you are my all. You are not for me. Mm-hmm. And I still wanted to go. I said, God, I really do want to go. You know, my packing list is still intact. My list of people is still intact whenever. But I just became satisfied in him. I I remember reading like Psalm 42.5, my heart, why are, you so disp- why are you so depressed within me? Why this turmoil within me? Hope in the Lord, for yet I will praise him, my Lord and my God. And I, I, I never let pain define my hope in God. Mm, that's good. Like I let who God was define everything. I said, God, you are my definer. I, I belong to you. I'm here. Way behold, December came and... Uh, uh, two people approached my father and uh, offered him the finances to for me to come. Like, it, it worked out in like a week. Everything was just aligning together. In two weeks, I left and I came to Gustavus. And I remember, see, I, I remember being on the plane and it was just crystal clear that money had never been the issue. Mm-hmm. Like, my heart was... Like my, my affections turned from God to what God could give. Mm-hmm. My, 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 my attention turned from God's heart to God's hand. I was like, God, just give me, give, I don't care about you, just give me. And God was like, I want you first. You know, I, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is when Moses is uh, <laughs> leading the people and God says, hey, Moses, look, I'm going to give you an angel to just lead you and the people because I can't. 
like you guys are too much and I would kill you on the way. So let's just make things easier. I give you my angel, you go to the land, everything is going to be great. Mm -hmm. Moses looks at God and says, God, if you don't go with us, we don't want to leave. Like this was a man who had been in God's presence. He said, God, we don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. Like we want you first before Canaan. We want you before your promises. Because you give us your promises without you, they are going to crush us. Mm. So, yeah, that's a little bit my story of how I came. And I remember like, stepping on the campus of Gustavus and saying, God, I'm ready to serve you, to love you, and to honor you in this place. And, uh, yeah, it was a great, great ride and, and journey for sure. That's that's incredible, man. Yeah. Oh, I remember the, so the first time that I heard that story was last year. Mount Carmel hosted a young adult retreat. And I was literally sitting right next to you. It was on your right side. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But we were in a room of about 35, 40 people in the library at Mount Carmel. Yep. And as you're telling the story, just like quite literally feeling you radiate hmm. of all of this, all these, I mean, just the character of God is oozing out of you. It was mm. absolutely incredible. Mm. And so let me ask you then, you, you can continue to use your story uh, sure. of how you got to get saved, or you can use other examples, whatever comes to mind for yeah. you. Um, but can you start to get into the imagery of prayer. So specifically talking about what things, what words, what phrases, what ideas, any of that that you tend to use consistently in your prayers mm. or some things that have that have been shared with you recently that really has revealed to you that character of God, God himself, not these promises, not his hand, but his heart. Yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah. The people who spend lots of time with Jesus who are in his ministry with the disciples. You know, they saw him do everything. One day they come to him, they say, we want you to teach us, fill the blank. You know, they could have said, teach us how to heal. Teach us how to cast the demons out. Teach us how to preach like you. I mean, the guy, the Bible says he will, yeah, he preached with authority. Mm -hmm. Like people loved him, listened to him, but they said, teach us how to pray. Mm. Like of everything they could have come up with. They said, like, we want to pray like you pray. And when he did, he didn't get into any like five principles or five ways. Or he said, okay, he says, how you do it? You say, our oh, Father. Like prayer is a relationship mm -hmm. between father and son, father and daughter. And, uh, and I think that's where I start. I'm like, I am his son. He loves me. He's for me. And, uh, and when I come into prayer, I, like, I'm not trying to impress him. I just want to seek his face and really go after him. I, I remember when I began praying, I read Matthew 6, 6, which I think is, you know, but everyone listening, go read Matthew 6, 6. Jesus says, when you pray, simple, go into your room, close the door, just hide, you and him. And pray to your Father who is in heaven. And the one who sees you in secret will, will reward you. And mm -hmm. uh, so I began doing that at age 13. I would just close myself in the room for like one hour. First time I did it, after five minutes, I ran out of, I ran out of words. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, prayer list, done. I've got 55 minutes, what do we do? <laughs> so I took a, a book of songs I just sang for 55 minutes. I love to sing, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to listen to me because <laughs> I don't have the greatest voice, but I love to sing. 
Uh, I mean, I'm singing all the time. I'm humming all the time. My roommates wake up at my singing at 6 a.m. in the morning. It's <laughs> the best thing. Uh, so I, uh, I would just sing me and God like every day. And I would miss some days. But I remember I wanted to be perfect. So I would pray Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, miss Thursday, then do two hours on Friday because I wanted to make up for Thursday. So as I tried to make up days, I remember one specific day was, I think, I hadn't prayed for like 17 days. So 17 days times one, you're looking at 17 hours. So I woke up on a Saturday, 7 a.m. plus 17, that's like midnight. I couldn't do that. So I prayed for like 10 hours because I was like, God is mad at me because I missed prayer. You got to do your time, man. Yeah, I do my time. <laughs> yeah. And I lived in that for months mm. and it was was hard. I actually came to find out that I can't be perfect. <laughs> like I, I couldn't, and it was just a miserable thing. Mm. And uh, the, and the, the other thing was, I only prayed when I was in my room. Mm. Like if I was at school, if I was walking to school, mm. or taking the bus somewhere, I just didn't feel like I could pray there. Like I need to be in the holy room of my house where God is. Yeah. But I, after just many months of that, I remember just God began teaching me that he lives in me and he's everywhere. He can listen to me anywhere mm. and uh, he, he's not expecting perfection from me, but he wants a relationship. And then they think over the years, like today, how it looks like for me, I think I... Like I wake up in the morning, you know, spend an hour, two hours in prayer, depending on how much time. Like I'm planning to spend in prayer, and I just spend time with him, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll go a day, two days without doing that, but I'm not bothered by it because he, like I know, I pray anywhere. I mean, I pray in my car a lot when I am driving, when I am going to meetings. It's like I pray anywhere. I know he's with me everywhere I am. Mm -hmm. But coming back to your you know, original question about like imagery, words I use, and uh, I think I, I start from that place of father-son relationship. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and that's usually even before I ask anything, God, I say, God, I, I, I want to know you. And you, I, I just stay there. Like, God, I want to know your heart. Like, I want to know who you are. Mm -hmm. Like the, the thing about prayer, I feel like the more you really take that intentional time to be alone with God, like it's like it's just ruthless self-examination. Mm. I mean, you, you have, uh, I think it's, De yeah, David in Psalm 139, this is what he says. Uh, like this is a prayer I go to a lot. Whenever I feel like I don't know what's going on in me, like I don't know where my heart is at. Psalm 139, 23, he says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. God, here I am. I'm open. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not hiding. And I think the, the moment you know God is not there to be impressed by you, he just wants a relationship, you open. Like, it's, it's hard to pretend. Like, we live in a world where we just feel like we need to pretend, we need to fake it until we make it. Yeah. I, I don't like that word term, by the way. I'm like, I, that's a burden to carry. Yeah. I want to be real. 
I want to be honest. You know, Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to hide my weaknesses. I'm going to expose them so that God's strength can come and just break into them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, every, usually on Sundays or Mondays, I have, like, this list of prayers I have, like, collected over time. And uh, I just, it's like, it's, it's a lot of them. Like, uh, you're looking at pretty much... Uh, like 30 of them, like small sentences or big sentences. Mm -hmm. But I can like read a few, like I just, so one, I think I don't go through like structured prayers usually. Mm -hmm. I just, I'll read. Uh, But on a weekly basis, like there are prayers, I'm like, these have touched my heart. Like I I really feel like I am touching something Mm -hmm. different when I am going in this direction. So I... I'll, I'll pray things like, God, let me see what you see. Let me hear what you hear. Let me feel what you feel. Let your burden be my burden. Uh, I'll pray like, Lord, please keep me in your will. You know, I, I, uh, I love uh, Psalm 37, 4. Delight in the Lord and he will give you his desires. Mm-hmm. The first time I read it, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I don't think I want all my heart's desires. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but... If you read it correctly, it says delight. Mm-hmm. And, and the more you delight in him, guess what? Your desires will change. Well, because your desires will be God's. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Like he starts absolutely transforming your mm-hmm. desires. And uh, I read a book a long time. Uh, not Okay. I don't like to say a long time ago. I can say a long time ago and I'm 55. <laughs> but right now I can't. Uh, a few years ago, I read a book called Fathered by God mm-hmm. by John Eldridge. He was talking oh, about... John Eldridge. Oh, I oh, love the man. What a guy. Yeah, that's... Uh, so Fathered by God is pretty much edition number two of Wild at Heart. And mm-hmm. uh, in, in Fathered by God, he's talking about uh, the stage of life of being a sage, you know, being a wiser, older man or... Yeah, it's a book for men. So older men uh, counseling like younger generations. And uh, I just was reading this passage. I was like, wow, this is really profound. So I turned it into a prayer. I'm like, God, I, I want to be in this place. So let me just read it to you quick. I added a few things, but pretty much the heart of the prayer is Eldridge words. He says, Lord, make me humble, tender, gracious, and compassionate. Teach me to invest in others with kindness and discretion. Teach me to offer words in the right measure, at the right time, to the right person. May I not trouble anyone with things they do not need to know, nor burden them with things none of theirs to bear, nor embarrass them with exposure for shortcomings that they are not ready yet to overcome. Please make me wise and compassionate. I love you, Jesus. And I just, I'll say that week in, week out. And I I know that he's transforming my heart. Like as these words become one with my soul, I mean, I'm growing in him and mm-hmm. uh, like I am getting into a new place. So, yeah, I think I'll, like whenever I keep from reading an article or I hear someone pray, so like, I'll just, I, I carry post-it notes with me all the time and uh, I'll just write that down and when I get home, I'm like, okay, how can I make this part of my life? Mm-hmm. But I think usually even when, I, when I'm going to pray, usually I'll just sit down and say nothing. My God, here I am. Like I, I don't jump into it. I'm like God, I, like I want you to lead me in this. You know, the the Bible says in Romans eight twenty six, you don't know how to pray. But the Spirit, like through groans, like He prays through us. And mm-hmm. uh, 
and just even t- it come it, it takes humility to come to God and say, "I don't know how to pray. Mm. Like teach me how to pray." Mm. I mean, the, like, the disciples come to Jesus and say, "Teach us how to talk to you," pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and I think it's even with prayer, it can be intimidating to feel like we need to have it perfect. I need to say these words and stuff. But someone said this a while ago. He said, How do babies learn how to speak? They don't come up with any words. They hear the adults say words, they just repeat the words. Mm-hmm. And I think, as also like as Christians wanting to grow in our relationship with God, it's like we have the word of God. We just literally get to speak this back to God. Like go through the book of Psalm. It's a prayer book. Like open Psalm 42, Psalm 62, Psalm, I love Psalm 16, Psalm 25, big time. And it's like just get to speak that back to God to you. I think it was two weeks ago. My friend Jake and I, we went to this place called the Blessing House just for like a few hours and we just went through Psalm 25, verse by verse, just reading the verse, mm. praying back the verse to God, reading the verse. And it's just, it's it's simple. Mm-hmm. It's really simple, but it's it's deep and profound. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Dude, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah I'm, I'm sitting here just, like, it's it's fun when you when you get to record a podcast because it's you, this is a cool conversation, but it, you need to be careful not to get lost in the words because you're like, oh, yeah, we need to like stay kind of on track here. <laughs> you're crushing it, man. So last big concept that we'll get on here. So a fruitful prayer life. Mm. And so at this point, if you could just touch on more so recently or larger events in your life, again, whatever you'd like. Um, but to you, what exactly does a fruitful fruitful prayer life look like? Um, and then also, I guess an encouragement to someone that really feels like they're stuck in that place where they are, let's say they, they feel like they need to fill, you know, that hour and they don't really, don't really know what to say. They feel like they're just saying the same words over and over again. The relationship has dried up. Any of that that you want to speak to absolutely mm-hmm. fair game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big question for sure. And I think even as you're asking many things are coming to mind and, uh, I'll just go. I'll go just for it. Go Absolutely, and, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trust the Lord to lead and guide my words here. Uh, a fruitful prayer life. You know, I think we, we, we live in a world of, you know, setting goals, accomplishing them. It's like I think every time we do something, we want to know why. You know, and I think, you know, some people don't ask the why, but usually the why will, you know, help you measure if what you're doing is really what you're supposed to do mm. or if you are really progressing in life, I should, you should be progressing. And uh, the truth is God may withhold from us many things. He will never withhold from us himself. Mm. Never. Like Jesus, before he leaves, he gives us the greatest promises of all. He says, okay, look, guys, I am with you until the end. Mm. Like I'm never leaving you. Like Never. And to know that when I wake up in the morning, he's there with me. When I go to work, when I go to school, like when I'm going to have coffee with a friend, he's with me. Like that's the greatest promise of all. So I don't pray so that God can be with me. He's with me. 
Like I pray because he's with me. I pray like he, he hears me every time I pray. And, and I think, you know, through prayer we can, you know, ask God personal needs. I mean, even like the Lord's Prayer, he says, give us our daily bread. You know, it's like he cares about our needs. Jesus mm-hmm. says he, he delights to, to give you the kingdom. He cares about what you wear. He cares about what you eat. You know, he, he does care about those little things. Uh, praying for others, that God will break through their lives. You know, he will uh, transform their hearts or bring a particular change that we deem fitting. Uh, and, and I think a lot of prayer is we, we, we ask a lot. You know, we ask things a lot. And he said, ask, you receive. But he didn't only say, ask, you receive. He said, seek and you will find. And, and I think a, a fruitful prayer life is a prayer life that, yes, does ask. You know, it's like God is not, uh, he's not interested in us hiding. Like he wants to hear what's on our hearts for sure. Mm-hmm. I think in some days I'll wake up, I'm like, man, like this is hard. And I, I'm like, God, here is where I'm at. Like this is hard. Like this is what I need. This is what I want. And, uh, but two, I don't stop there. I must, I say, God, I, I, I want to know you. There is a, I think I was about 15 or 16 and I was very fascinated by the prayer of Paul in Ephesians. Uh, you're looking at Ephesians uh, chapter one. Uh, this is what he says. He said, uh, I love this. 15, he says, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. He says, Guys, you have a strong faith in the Lord. It's amazing. Like, everyone sees it. It's incredible. Like, you love all the saints. Mm-hmm. Like, your faith, your love, they shine bright. Then, you know, you hear this, you're like, okay, so... If he prays for us, you know, we, we've got the spiritual thing figured out. So he's going to pray for the physical thing, you know. Just pray that everyone gets cars. Pray that everyone gets married. Pray that everyone has kids. But <laughs> I love Paul. Like, he, he was a man of God. He, he was a man with uh, spiritual eyes. He says, this is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop pre- giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. And then he says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation into knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength. He's like, guys, this is what I care about, that you know him that your spiritual eyes will be open, like there is more. There is more, and I think a fruitful prayer life is a, heart, is a prayer life that just taps into God's heart. Say, God, there is more. We live in a world that convinces us that like, it's, it's just about what we see. No, like, there is a spiritual world. There are great forces at work. And I think, you know, the, the world of entertainment, it just, there are so many things that want to make everything about 
what we see, what we hear. And if I, if you can't prove it, like it's not true, it's not real. But the spiritual world is real. Like we, we see the fruits in really tangible ways. And, uh, and also like Paul t- talks about, like we, we don't fight with flesh. Like our spiritual armor is spiritual. Like we, 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 we fight with truth, with prayer, with the word of God, like with the gospel. And, and it's like we have these spiritual tools that the Lord has equipped us with to just really go after the, the kingdom of the devil. Just go after the Satan and the demons. Be like, you know, like, this is God's territory. Yeah. Like you yeah. won't have a hold in me. You won't have a hold in my family. You won't have a hold in my friends. Like I am God's son and I'm going to crush you. What a declaration. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. In, in Genesis, yeah. like you have God comes and tells Eve, he says, you, uh, let me just find it quick. <laughs> I, might, I might misquote it. But uh, after they have fallen and he's telling them like, this is what's going to happen. And th- this is what he tells uh, to Eve. He he says, uh, "I will put hostility between you and the woman." Uh, he, he was telling that to, to to the serpent. But what did he say to the woman? He said, uh, "No." He said this to the serpent. He said, "I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed." He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. But he's going to crush you. And, uh, and I think prayer takes us beyond the seen and the visible and puts us in this other realm where like real life is happening. Mm. Like that's what the real battle is. I mean, the real battle is not me sitting on my couch watching Netflix. The real body is me on my knees, just contending, contending for, for God's promises. Mm. Uh, you, you have, what's his name, Lorna Robin, he wrote a book called uh, Why Revival Terriers. And uh, something he says, he says, a man is no greater than his prayer life. Like at, at the end of the day, it's not about your net worth. It's not about your fame. It's about who are you in front of God. Who are you on your knees? Like how many mountains do you move? Like how impactful are you in that realm? But coming back to a fruitful prayer life, a fruitful prayer life is a prayer life that where sin is just like has no hold on you. Like it loses its grip and its power. Like if I am in habitual sin and I'm praying regularly, something is wrong. Mm. Because as I pray, as I go to him, guess what? I love him more. Therefore, I love sin less. I desire him more. I desire sin less. And, and I think a, a fruitful prayer life is a prayer life where you're going after God's heart and he's revealing more of himself to you and you know him more, you love him more, and everything else that's not of God's kingdom just loses mm-hmm. its grip and influence on you. And in, in one minute here as we start to close up, yeah. so the... Folks, if you have been hearing anything throughout this entire episode, I hope that you consistently hear how intimate and how close Huey is here 
with God, with Jesus, with the Spirit, with all. It is a step by step, step for step, right in tune, right? And that's where all the stuff that he's talking about, that's where it's coming from. And what you've consistently been talking about, too, is getting back to God's heart, to God's heart. In one minute, could you just share with us what exactly is God's heart? You know, we, so we may not know God fully, but we know him truly, right? And that's what you've been getting at it this whole time. Mm-hmm. There's a, a specific scripture that specifically comes to mind that really speaks to the character of God, to his heart, and why everything that you mentioned fits into place, why it's all worth it, why it all makes sense to you at least. Mm-hmm. In John 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. And I think in this very verse is the heart of God. You know, God's heart is for humanity to come in relationship with him and know him. God's heart is to recover what was lost in the Garden of Eden. Like he, he told man, hey, you, you've got all you need. Just that tree, don't touch it. The serpent came and said, hey, uh, he's withholding something from you. Do it, just eat the food. <laughs> and uh, she did, he did. And in that moment, the Bible says they were naked and ashamed suddenly. Like they, they, they realized that everything was gone. And, uh, and God sent Jesus to say, hey, I, 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 want, I want you back. Like I'm calling you back to myself. And, uh, and that's God's heart at the end of the day. You know, I, I like to say, God, I, I've got desires, I've got wants, and I will always make them known to you. You know, the Bible says, don't worry about anything, but in all things, make your request known to God. Mm-hmm. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will... Like, come and just be in you. He does care about those things, but I think one thing I say, God, I I want you more than I want your blessing in whatever I'm doing. But the, the truth is, if God is with you, like, you'll be fruitful in what you do. And your, your vision of life, if it changes, it's going to be conformed to what God wants. At the end of the day, all things work together for the good of those who have God. So God's heart is for people to come in relationship with him. And when that happens, boom. I mean, that's where life is. I mean, outside of Christ. Gosh, I, I mean, I was 13 when I came to Jesus. And I remember the very first thing I realized was, oh, my gosh, I'm late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what have I spent the last 13 years You're of doing, my life? Yeah, yeah. But I remember thinking, until I'm 120, that's when I'm going to die, by the way, 120. <laughs> until I'm 120, all my life, every breath of mine is his. Mm. Through the highs and lows, like I'm going in, like I'm never, never turning back. But also I remember thinking, how did I live my life without him? Like, how was that possible? Like, I don't know how I would live a life as an unbeliever. Like, I would suck at it. Like, I would fail. <laughs> but... Life is only found in him. And, uh, and I think his heart is for me to be in a relationship with him, for everyone you know, listening to be in a relationship with him and to, to not be like, oh, here I am, I'm a Christian, I carry my Bible on Sunday. And it's, it's not about a label or you know, what people see on the outside. It's, it's about Matthew 6, 6. You go, you hide yourself with him. 
Like that's when you know you know him. Like God is me and you. No one is gonna come to praise him. Be like, hey, you're a good boy. You're praying. No, it's just me and him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's my prayer for myself. Prayer for everyone. Yeah. Man, unreal. Well, actually, no, completely real. I take that back. It is one hundred percent authentic and real. We are not faking it until we make it. We are. We're saying, hey, this is where we're at, and, that, and that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, of course, my guy, for, for coming on, and that was that was fantastic. So, got to give a shout out real quick to which. So the the recording site for this is not just in a just a random room or an office or whatever, but we're actually in um, studio hosted here by the one and only Eric Foster. So Eric's actually sitting right next to me. So thank you so much for giving us this space today to come out and do this. Really appreciate it. And whenever, yeah, whenever uh, back in Minneapolis, we're going to be back here recording at some point because this is pretty cool. Mm. If you have not hit subscribe on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you consume your Awaken Project podcast, I suggest you do so because then you can listen to more people like Hubie. That's a good thing. Um, if you if you so desire, you can go like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, whatever that may be. Keep up on all things Awaken Project. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate your time and hope that this was a benefit to you, as it definitely was to us here. So without further ado, signing off here at the Awaken Project podcast, we will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.